This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Hey guys, welcome to The Collective. Good morning. Happy Wednesday. I am so, so, so excited for today's episode. Before we get into anything, I want to ask you guys to please, if you love this podcast, go rate it five stars, share it on your story, share it with a friend, leave a review, you know, all the good stuff. Because the podcast hit 15,000 downloads, which is so wild. And I love all of you. And I love that you guys are loving the podcast. And it's so exciting. So help me grow it. Let's do this together. I can't wait. My life update for you guys this week is actually so insanely boring. I have honestly nothing to tell. I've been working. I've kind of been trying school. Um, kind of, have not actually done that much, and I need to get my ass into gear, and I need to get my shit together real quick, but I have been PMSing this week, and I want to know if everyone else is kind of the same. Around my ovulation is when I PMS the most. I get cravings. I get lethargic. I have extreme body dysmorphia. I don't want to work out. I can't sleep. Like there's just so many things that happen and I don't know if it's normal for it to happen around ovulation, but I have not felt good this entire week. I felt like absolute shit. So with that being said, I had to really just buckle down and honor my cravings and really treat my body with respect. So I went to yoga for the first time in literally years, went to yoga, stretched it out. Today, I didn't do a workout. I just woke up. I did a little stretching on a yoga mat in my apartment and we called it a day. I have been going to Trader Joe's. I'm think three times this past week and I will buy ice cream and donuts and I'll sit in my apartment and I'll eat them while I watch below deck and that's just been my self-care this week that's what I've been doing my skin is horrible absolutely horrendous and normally I would beat myself up about it and I'd be like you're so ugly your skin's breaking out you're getting fat all this stuff and I would go on this whole tangent with myself. And this week, I really tried hard not to do that. I would look in the mirror, I would see my acne, I would see my breakouts, and I'm like, that's okay, it's hormonal. It's hormonal breakouts, my body is going through changes, my body does so, so much. And then I would go to Target and I'd be like, I really just want a freaking donut right now. I want so many donuts. I want so much ice cream. And I'm like, that's okay. My body is just craving it. My body wants it and we're just going to honor it and we're going to give it to myself because I know that in a week or two weeks, I'm going to start wanting my salads again. I'm going to start wanting my vegetables. Like I naturally just love that stuff. So this week has been an insane self-care week. I have loved every minute of it. I'm not going to lie. Night shift has really fucked me up. I was up till 5 a.m. yesterday when I didn't even have a shift. I just could not sleep. So if anyone has any tips or tricks for how to combat night shift, please let me know. Girlies, when you're first starting a business, you have enough to worry about. The stress is overwhelming and there's absolutely no reason you should be adding any more. Luckily for us, Shopify is here to help. Shopify has all the tools to power and build your business to the next level. It grows with your business, no matter how far or big you grow. Thanks to an endless list of integration and third-party apps, 
anything you can think of from on-demand printing to accounting to chatbots, everything you need to revolutionize your business, they have. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and they are the global force behind Allbirds, Linen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. As a WTTC listener, you can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash WTTC all lowercase. Again, go to shopify.com slash WTTC now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Again, shopify.com slash WTTC. Okay, girlies, we are talking about our favorites once again. If you've ever had an embarrassing BO moment, Lumi is here to help. Lumi is powered by mandelic acid to control odor in a new way. Lumi delivers outrageous 72-hour odor control from everywhere, including your pits, your feet, and yes, even your privates. And fun fact, but it was actually a patient's concern about their private odor that originally inspired the OBGYN who invented Lumi. I currently have the toasted coconut deodorant, and let me tell you, it is my absolute favorite, and it smells so good. Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers, and it comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice, and free shipping. As a special offer for listeners, new customers get 15% off all Lumi products with our exclusive code. And if you combine the 15% off with the already discounted starter pack, that equals over 40% off their starter pack. Use code WTTC for 15% off your first purchase at lumideodorant.com. That's WTTC at L-U-M-E-D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T dot com. But on this week's episode, we have a guest, which I'm so excited. We have Natalie Barbu, and I'm not even going to talk anymore. We're just going to get straight into this episode, and I hope that you guys love it because I loved sitting down with her and getting to know her. On today's episode, I have none other than the Natalie Barbio. She's been on YouTube since 2011. She's founded her own startup and has also hosted her own podcast. You're really just doing it all. Natalie, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here. Um, before we begin, can you kind of give everyone just a little brief intro into who you are and what you do? Yeah, yeah. So I actually have been a content creator for the past 11 years. Mm -hmm. So started on YouTube in 2011, which is like the so long ago, I can't believe that I've been on the internet for that long. Like at this point, it's, it's like a part of my identity. I'm like, I don't Mm -hmm. know what I would do if I wasn't on it. Um, because I started it back then as a hobby, kept doing it throughout high school, college, ended up getting a real like corp, not real, but you know, like a corporate job, um, after college was able to quit that do social media full time. Then I started a podcast where I interview entrepreneurs, founders, influencers, but like really anyone that inspires me, like you don't actually have to be a founder or anything like that. It's just really anyone that's like, has a cool story and has a message that I think 
everyone should hear. Mm-hmm. Um, so started my podcast and then I started Rella, which is what I'm working on now, which is a digital workspace for creators to run and manage their entire business. So what we want to do with that is like from content planning to revenue projections, sending invoices, revenue insights to a- analytics and really having every single aspect of your workflow as a creator mm-hmm. on Rella. So you can think of it as like a notion, but for creators specifically. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm doing now. And I'm still doing social media, obviously. Mm-hmm. So it's been a lot to balance, but it's also just like the really, really rewarding. Yeah. You're really just doing it all. You've kind of tapped into every different market that you could be in. Um, so let's start first and foremost with your business with Rella. So badass to see young entrepreneurs kind of start these businesses from the ground up. What made you want to start start this app like what that's such a difficult thing to kind of put yourself into so what was the reasoning behind starting this yeah and I will say it's definitely really hard but ignorance was bliss in the beginning where I didn't know how hard it would be like I was just like oh like this is a good idea like I want to start this I didn't really think about the logistics and I think that's one thing about me is that I dive like head first into things I don't really think about them like sometimes. yeah you don't think about it until you're actually in it and you're like oh shit this is a lot exactly it's like I learn just by doing I don't really like prep that much beforehand like before I have something in my head that I want to do so I think it's actually a good thing in most cases some cases it can definitely like bite you but it's always better I think to start and then like give up later on than like not start yeah. at all um, but anyway, so the reason why I started Rella was because it was a problem that I had. I was doing this full time as a job, like as, as a creator, and the tools I was using were just really inefficient. So I was using the notes app on my phone, Microsoft Excel to like track my revenue. And that was really backwards because like, I never really knew like when I was supposed to be getting paid, um, right. by like brands that I was working with or like what my actual income looked like. Um, I was using every project management tool that you could think of like Asana, mm-hmm. Trello, ClickUp, all of them. I was using them to try to like organize everything. I had an email thread with my manager. Um, I had a text messaging thread with my manager. So it was just like so many different things that were so inefficient, like nothing connected, nothing was connected to social media, nothing connected to each other. So I did like Mm -hmm. update everything individually. My Google calendar wasn't connected to anything either, which that was where I had like all of my, you know, due dates on. And so Mm -hmm. I was like, this sucks. Like, this is like not a good way to run a business. I feel like I'm trying everything that other people are using and like mm-hmm. nothing is working. Why is there no like management tool for creators specifically? And yeah. so that's when I was like, okay, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. How hard can yeah. it be? <laughs> I mean, so when you went about starting, kind of what were your first steps? Like how did you even like did you have any background kind of in creating an app or how did you really get it going? No. So I had no background in like creating an app. I'm not technical in the sense where I can develop this. Like I had, I got an engineering degree in school, Mm -hmm. but like, I do not know how to code or anything like that. Like that's not something I would ever want to (laughs) do. Um, so I had to like find people. So I would just ask around at first I was like looking at different websites that had like developers that you could contact. And I was asking around and having interviews with them and kind of like describing what I wanted to build. And, you know, they were all like, yeah, 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 like, that's fine. Like, I can do that. It'll, it'll be a few months. Like, mm-hmm. um, this is my rate per month, you know, and it was just like a project basis. Right. But I knew I was like, I want someone that's more like involved, like things are going to change over time. Like, 100%. I, 
I don't know. I was just like, I, I, I didn't feel comfortable with these people that were just like one-off projects. Mm -hmm. And so I had then asked a friend, I was like, okay, do you know anyone that like develops apps that I can talk to? And he, one of his friends had a software consultancy, um, with him and one other guy, um, they had a software consultancy and he was like, yeah, he develops apps like for people in Raleigh and so, or for startups in Raleigh. So I had a conversation with them Mm -hmm. and then I like really loved that conversation. I was like, this is like what I'm looking for, like for people to help me with this. They just, Mm -hmm. he just felt more like involved in the project. Like he was more upfront with like, listen, like this product's going to change over time. Like I can't give you an exact timeline on this, Mm -hmm. but like, you know, I don't know. It just felt like he knew what I was like the mission a bit more and like what I was trying a bit more. So I had a really good conversation with him. We started working together as like a client relationship where I would just Mm -hmm. like pay them every month to kind of like help me out. And then six months later, we decided to be co-founders. So they left their software consultancy and now they're my co-founders. So they're like with Rella full-time. Yeah. Oh my God. That's amazing. I honestly think that when you have a business, having people who are very invested in it, it really makes a huge difference. Like for my clothing brand, my employee, I guess, but she like is just as invested in this brand as I am. And it makes it so much better. And you like have people that kind of help you because being young and trying to start your own business, like a lot of the time it's like very difficult and you need the people behind you to kind of like rally and get you where you want to go. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, I always, we were talking about this this week cause I had gone over to Raleigh to see them. Mm-hmm. Um, if I, if I was doing this alone, I would have given up so long ago, like having a support system and having people that are not even a support system, people that are in it with you that like yeah. understand how hard it is because they are working alongside you and they mm-hmm. have skin in the game with you. Mm-hmm makes the biggest difference. Like I, I was always against co-founders. I was like, I don't need co-founders. I can do everything yeah. on my own. <laughs> I'm totally fine doing things on my own. Like co-founders just causes drama and like, you know, co-founders break up and then like you ruin yeah. friendships and whatever. I, now that perspective changed this so much. And now I understand why like some investors like do not invest in people that don't have co-founders right. because it's so hard. Like it's so hard to do it on your own. So I like totally understand that. And I also think like with like friendship breakups and stuff like that. If yeah. you go, I always recommend as a, my, my personal experience, like not going into it with friends mm-hmm. because then it could cause like a lot of friendship breakups if you go into it as a friendship. But I yeah. think the benefit that we had was that like me and my co-founders, like it's me, Connor and Nick, we were not friends before. Like mm-hmm. we were, we were, this was like purely business from the start. And now we've developed like a friendship and they're like my family now. But yeah. like in the beginning, it was not like that at all. And I actually think that that was good because we went into it like purely business. I agree. Totally. Where did the name Rella come from? Like what made you want to choose that name? Cause it's so unique. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. I love the name. Um, I actually didn't come up with it. I picked it out, but I didn't come up with it. So our designers, um, they helped like with the branding, they designed all the screens, they mm-hmm. helped with marketing, they're wearing a lot of hats right now. Yeah. They actually came up with it. So I was telling them, like, can you please help me come up with a name? Because I am so bad at naming things. Like I <laughs> that is such like I'm horrible at that. Like that's mm-hmm. not where my brain goes. So I was asking them, like, okay, let's come up with this name. I want it to sound like a person's name, but I don't mm-hmm. want it to be a, a human name because I want right. you to be able to like look it up and it like it be the only one thing that shows up. Yeah. Um, I also want it to be something that like flows off your tongue. Mm-hmm. I read a book once that said like startups that end in a vowel 
do better. And I know okay. that it's like so arbitrary, but I was like, yeah. I kind of wanted to end in a vowel because of that. Like, who knows? <laughs> um, and then I was like, just short and sweet. Like mm-hmm. I want to sound relatable. I want it to sound like we're building like relationships, not transactions because we're such a community driven company. So yeah. we just started throwing all those buzzwords out. And then they came up with a list of five words and Rella was like the best one. And yeah. I was like, I love it. So no, that's how I didn't come up it. with it, but I yeah. picked it out of a list of five. <laughs> <laughs> that's just as important. Yeah. <laughs> um, so with starting your business, what do you think has kind of been your biggest struggle? I mean, you're your own boss. This is your company. What has kind of been your biggest challenge that you faced? Um, I think it's, because I'm a, I'm a self-motivated person. And I think everyone on our team is too, where we don't really struggle with like time management as much or like, oh my God, like being on our own and no one's telling us what to do. Like, I actually really like that. That's probably like the biggest perk for me. Mm-hmm. I would say the biggest challenge is the, like when things are hard and like when you're discouraged, mm-hmm. it's like, you're always, there's always something that's like, could you could be doing, or there's always something that could be better, or there's always something that you want to do, but it's like, you don't have time to do it. And then things get really hard. Like, Mm -hmm. especially with a team, when you're doing something like only on your own, and you know, this, like, if you have someone working for you, Mm -hmm. it's not just you anymore. Like you're reliant, like, or they are reliant on you. Like you, you need to make sure that you like, you have money to pay them. You need to make sure that your business is running so that they have jobs that like Mm -hmm. their livelihood is dependent on, on this job. Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's just so much, it's so much pressure, I think. And I think that's the hardest part is like dealing with the pressure and dealing like when things are, when you feel like you have so much to do, like that encouragement to like keep going and that everything's going to be okay. I think that is like the hardest part. It's like the mental it's like the mental health of the founder. I think that's like the hardest part, um, more than, more than anything else. I totally agree. And like, especially because I mean, you probably relate to this. I definitely push myself to burnout a lot because like you said, it's a lot of pressure and I kind of get to those points where I'm like, "Mm, maybe I should like scale it back just a little bit because mentally it's probably not the best thing for me right now. When you find yourself kind of mentally drained, what do you do to regroup and bring yourself back to it so that you can be the best for your business? Yeah. So that's what that was happening these past few months. I think all of us were just like so mentally drained. And Mm -hmm. so I started, I was like, okay, I haven't read a book in like six months and Mm -hmm. I have, I like love reading. Like I, I have always been a big reader. I always read like 20 plus books every single year. Like I'm always ever since I was little, like when I was like six years old or seven years old, whenever I started like reading bigger books, like Mm -hmm. my cousins and my family would always know me as like someone that had like a book in her hands, you know, like that's always been just like a part of my like personality. Um, and so me like doing running Rella and then being like, Oh my God, I haven't like read a book in six months. I haven't, I haven't felt like listening to podcasts really. I haven't, I just kind of like shut down besides like work. And so I started realizing I need to start getting like inspiration from other things. I need to start talking to other people. I need to start like listening to more podcasts because that inspires me so much Mm -hmm. or like watching YouTube or whatever, like just getting inspiration from others, I think inspires me a lot and like learning inspires me a lot. So when I was just for like six months, heads down, focused on Rella and not like learning anything from anyone else. I think that really like hurts me mentally. So I started, I was like, I'm going to dedicate 30 minutes before bed every day to, to read a little bit. I'm going to like take more time for myself and not 
be on my laptop or my computer like Mm -hmm. every second of the day like I I think people sometimes think and people aka me think like oh if you're not like on your computer working then like you're wasting your time and you're inefficient and you're like not doing something when if you're burnt out that's actually going to hurt you in the long run so I kind of like needed to remember that and be like okay, I'm actually not going to work on my computer for like two hours today. And I'm going to like take a walk and, and read or go to the beach or, you know, do something to actually like recharge myself because it's so unhealthy to just be like heads down working for 24 hours a day or for the entire time that you're awake pretty much. Yeah. A thousand percent. It's definitely very hard to find balance, but once you do, it's the best thing for you. What is like a typical day in your life? Like kind of like walk us through it. What do you do from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed? Yeah. So I try to wake up at, I have my alarm for 650. Mm -hmm. I try to wake up like before seven every morning. Um, Then I just get ready. I go to the gym. I try, I need to go to the gym first thing or I will not go. Like this morning I tried waking up really early. And just didn't work. I was like, okay, I'm way too tired. So I want to sleep in. Um, and so I slept in a little bit, but then I had other stuff I need to do. So I was like, okay, I can't go to the gym. So I have to go in the morning if I'm going to go. So mm-hmm. I usually go to the gym like three to four times a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I come back, I make breakfast for myself. I drink coffee and I do all of this like without checking my phone. So like I am oh not God, on my phone all morning. Yeah. So I like, that's like one rule I have for myself. Like I have my do not disturb on until I start working. Cause I like, don't want to answer texts. I don't want to go yeah. on like Instagram or TikTok or anything like that, or email. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that can wait until I like start working. So I have probably like two to three hours, honestly, of like no phone, like just like relaxing, which I think is so good for balance also. So good. Yeah. Like I'm on my phone, like at the gym when I'm like scrolling for podcasts or like my workout is on my phone, Mm -hmm. you know, but I'm not like on social media or texting anyone or anything like that. Um, so then I start working around like nine 30 in the morning. Like that's usually my time frame of like starting to work. Um, so usually we have a call in the morning. Like usually my team and I will have, we have a Monday morning call. Then I have like a Tuesday marketing call. And then I think I have like a Thursday design call. So like Wednesday and Friday, I don't have calls in the morning, but I'll usually try to stack my meetings in the morning. And then it just depends throughout the day. Like most days are filled with meetings for me at this point. Like it's, I try to have a few days like Fridays. I don't really take meetings this week. My Friday, I have a lot because I was like on Tuesday and Wednesday, I didn't take meetings. So, you know, I try to like balance it where I'm not taking meetings every day, Yeah, but some, I just have to just given like what I'm doing right now. So every day, like throughout the day is different. I try to end my day at like six o'clock and then I will make dinner. I'll watch TV. I'll, you know, just do whatever after afterwards. It just depends. Um, but yeah, that's like my typical day in my life. Yeah. Um, so you used to work a normal kind of corporate job. Was it just like a nine to five type of job? Yeah. I used to work for Accenture, which is like a consulting company. So yeah, just a typical nine to five. Okay. And so going from that and then kind of becoming your own boss, like what changes did you have to make? Like how did you adapt to kind of changing your routine and getting into kind of a different headspace being your own boss versus working for someone else yeah so the biggest thing I was worried about was like oh my god am I gonna be like motivated like am I gonna Mm -hmm. just sleep in and be like oh I can do this whenever (laughs) you know 
but I wasn't, I was like, I'm going to still set schedules for myself. So I still wanted to wake up early. So I still wanted to wake up at like 7am and work out and, and do all of that. And then I, I was like, okay, I'm going to try to work at like coffee shops or like Mm -hmm. play outside of my apartment because I wanted to feel like I was like commuting to work and like going to work. And that was like, when I first quit, I did that a lot. As time went on, I started just like working from home a lot more because I was like, I what I was motivating myself, mm-hmm. but I think having like an agenda of what you need to accomplish that week and like what, and then placing it to, on, on your calendar, like in what days and what times you're going to accomplish those things helps a lot. So that's what I did in the beginning when I had a more of like an open schedule. Cause when I quit my job, I was just doing like full-time content. Like I was YouTube and Instagram and you know, that was, right. that was what I was doing at first. And then I had started my podcast and then I, I started like um, kind of like an agency where I helped other creators and help brands, you know, so that, that those were like small things that I was doing. Um, so I started just like filling up my days with like, okay, what am I going to do? Cause I still wanted to have kind of that structure of a nine to five, but I obviously work for myself. So if I want to get my nails done in the middle of the day, I could, if I wanted to like, right. Do something in the middle, like get lunch with someone I could, you know, so the flexibility was nice, but I still tried to have like structure for myself. Yeah. So you've been on YouTube since 2011. That is a hot minute. You're like definitely one of the OG OGs on YouTube. What are kind of your top tips for creating content and putting yourself out there? Yeah, I think number one is just start. Like mm-hmm. you're going to be embarrassed by your first piece of content. You're not going to like it. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be like not perfect. That's fine because I feel like people compare themselves to people that have been doing it for a while. And it's like those people had years and years and years of practice you just need to start and put yourself out there because then you'll start hearing what you'll attract a community and you'll start hearing what they want to see. You'll start getting better at editing. You'll start getting better at like what people want to see and like your style and you'll start finding it. You're not going to do that if you're just like constantly thinking about it. Like you can right. think about what you want your style to be. You can think about the content you want to post but until you actually start doing it. You're really not learning anything. Mm-hmm. So I always recommend just start like post something. It's going to be bad. That's fine. <laughs> like just yeah. do it anyways. Um, and then I would just say like, continue to show up because it's not going to happen overnight. And I think you have to have so much patience with social media, like with anything that you start on social media, we hear these stories of people that blow up, like, oh my God, they, they grew a hundred thousand followers in like a month. Mm -hmm. Those stories are not normal. Like, can that happen? Absolutely. But that's not a normal story. And usually the people that are like that have been doing it for so long beforehand. And then one time they blow up and it's great, but it's not like they blew up on their first video. So I always say like, be patient and like continue to be consistent, continue to show up, continue to have goals, start treating yourself as a business kind of from like day one where like you have strategy behind it. Um, but that's like my best, my biggest advice. And it's so redundant and repetitive and like people say it all the time, but just doing it and then consistency are like the most important things. Cause if you don't have those, then like, you're just not going to be, you're, it's just not going to work. Yeah. If you don't have like, if you don't start and you don't, you're not consistent, like it's really going to be hard for you to grow. Mm -hmm. I agree a thousand percent. I mean, that's kind of like with anything, even if you want to like go to the gym, you have to just start, you have to show up, you have to go every day. And over time it will start to grow and you will start to like really fall in love with what you're doing or whatever it is. Um, I always say that overnight successes are 10 years in the making. Like, I love that. I'm going to start using that quote. You should. My (laughs) boyfriend said it to me and I was like, Oh, I was like, look how wise you are. Yeah, no, I love that. I I always 
um, I forgot. I think it was Lizzo. And I always mm-hmm. say this. So people have heard me in previous podcasts. They probably know that I literally say this all the time, but it was Lizzo that tweeted something. She was like, someone said like, oh, Lizzo overnight success or overnight superstar, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And she was like, I've been doing this for like 12 years, or I've been doing this for like 10, like, this is not overnight. And a it's, it's just because you heard of someone for the first time and, or just because everyone, other people are noticing people for the first time doesn't mean that they just started. Yeah. I noticed that a lot with TikTok. Like lately, a lot of people have been blowing up on TikTok and I always like kind of make it a point to go back and scroll to like one of their first kind of videos and see how long have they actually been doing it. And a lot of people started it like at the beginning of the pandemic, which when you think about it, that's been two years of people Mm -hmm. posting all the time and they're just starting now to kind of get that recognition. And I'm like, that's like a hot minute to be doing this. And they've been consistent and they've been showing up all the time. But you look at it now and you think that they posted one video and all of a sudden they're this huge sensation when that's not the case for a lot of people. Exactly. Yeah. So you've obviously worked with a ton of brands. What has been your favorite brand to work with? Oh, I feel like I can't choose like my absolute favorite, but Mm -hmm. I love working with so many, like I'm like always like whenever I get a brand deal and it's like a brand that I've like has been on my bucket list or like mm-hmm. I'm like oh my god they're huge like how do they know who I am so I'm always like so grateful for all the brands that I work with um but I will say my most like loyal one the one that I just like have the best relationship with I guess mm-hmm. is probably like Squarespace because I do okay. like every single I like have a long-term partnership with them mm-hmm. and they're just like allow me to do whatever I want like have like creative freedom you know like yeah. they trust me um, and then I actually use them every single day with Rella, like my our Rella site is built on Squarespace. So I think it's just the most organic and it's mm-hmm. the one that I have the most, like I, cause it's just like a little 30 second slot in a video, you know, it's not like yeah. I have to make a whole dedicated video around them. Um, and they help people with their like businesses. And like, I'm very, I feel like my content is very geared towards like more like entrepreneurial type of people. So yeah. I feel like it just makes sense. Yeah. I love that. When you first started content creation, you obviously had to pitch yourself to brands and kind of get more recognition and put yourself out there. So what are any tips that you have for anyone who's just starting out and they want to pitch themselves to brands? Like, is there anything that they could do or say to kind of make them stand out? Um, I mean, I would just like start pitching, but I think first have a community, like don't pitch when you have like no followers or no community or anything like that, because there needs to be something in it for the brand. Like it's a business for them. They need to get their return on investment if they're going to work with you. So focus first on community building and then focus on brands. But then once you're at that point and focusing on brands, reach out to them, make it short and sweet. No one is reading a long email, like ever, like make it very short, not too short where it's like, you didn't put any time into this, but like, Mm a little blurb about you, a couple bullet points about like your demographics and, and kind of like a, an idea of like why they should work with you. So like, I've been using your product for this many years. I talk about you guys on my channel. Here are some videos that I've talked about you link them love to work together. Best Natalie, whatever, you know, so short, sweet, give them some idea of what working with you would look like. So previous examples of content where you've spoken about them before, what that, just what that would look like for them. And then your demographics. Cause that's honestly what matters. Like they want to make sure that the demographics that you have fit with like their 
customers as well. So I would say those three things and then reach out and don't be afraid to follow up. So like, Mm -hmm. if they don't respond, follow up the next week. Like, I think people think it's annoying to follow up, but sometimes things slip in people's inboxes. Sometimes they don't remember, or sometimes maybe it wasn't right for them then, but then like the next week they're like, Oh wait, actually this could be a good thing. So I always say follow up. Um, and then yeah, be, I think I I would say those are like the best ways to get, to get brands to notice you when you're pitching yourself to them. Yeah. You just got to shoot your shot. And yeah, when you shoot so many times, one of them's going to land. Yeah. And like, what's the worst that happens? They don't respond. Like, yeah. okay. And then you're in no other place than you were when you started. So yeah, exactly. So I always am like, who cares? Like just pitch to anyone. Like it doesn't, I'm like so shameless in who I reach out to. I'm like, I like, especially now with, with Relib, we've been um, raising, like we had raised money. So mm-hmm. when I was like reaching out to people, I'm reaching out to people whose net worth are like billions of dollars. And I'm like, yeah. hi, I'm Natalie. Let me introduce myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, sometimes they respond. So, and if you they don't know. like, okay. Exactly. I love that. That's literally me all the time. I'll reach out to the most like absurd far out there people like Haley Bieber all the time. I'm like, Hey, (laughs) how's your Friday? (laughs) Why not? Like one day she might respond and then they call that you reached out. Yeah, exactly. So what's your favorite social media app? Like, are you loving Insta? Are you loving TikTok? I know Insta is kind of on the decline lately. It's kind of what I've heard, but what one's your favorite and like, why do you love it? Yeah. I still use Instagram a lot, but it's like a love hate relationship. Like totally. I hate that all the updates that they've done. I hate that they're focused on reels. Mm-hmm. I hate that engagement is like actually horrible. Like I swear it was getting more likes and engagement than like when I started it or not when I started, but like in like college, like, like five, six years ago, yeah. I'm like, I don't understand like what Instagram is trying to do, but whatever. Um, I'm like losing followers on Instagram. It's one of those where I'm like, okay, this is just like stupid, but I do love posting on stories. So I do love stories on Instagram. So, um, TikTok as a consumer is great. Like I love watching TikToks mm-hmm. and I am posting for a hundred days on there. So I'm actually mm-hmm. challenging myself. Today is day six. So oh my gosh, <laughs> I'm less than you. a week into my journey. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So I'm posting every day for a hundred days, like a little daily vlog. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, one of these is going to do well. And I just want to challenge myself and like, just get inspired. You know, like I'm not, I'm posting vlogs, but then I'm also like getting inspired to post other things too. So I just wanted to challenge myself and see like, if I'm consistent for a hundred days, like what, what will happen? Okay. So we'll see. Oh my God. I can't wait to see. I'm so excited. <laughs> Good for you. Cause that's a lot. That's a lot of work to be able to post every day for a hundred days. Like a lot of people don't think about how much work actually goes into making these videos and making these TikToks. So good for you. Cause that's insane, but really good. Yeah. I know it's like over three months of posting every day. So I think I'll be done in today. It's July. So like August, September, October, I'll be done. In like, oh my God. I'll be done in like November, actually, like the beginning yeah. of November. I think I'll be done. Oh my God. I can't wait to see like what happens. Cause I'm like, like we said, being consistent, biggest thing. So Mm -hmm. I think it'll be so good for you, but I have heard a lot lately, um, especially from like Emma Chamberlain, all these big people that there's a huge oversaturation of influencers right now and that influencing is kind of on the decline, but what, what's your take on it as someone in this, in this space? I actually like, I don't agree with that. I think that 
it's just more and more people are consuming social media mm-hmm. and there's shorter content now so you can actually watch more people so yeah. it's like quicker paced like okay yeah if as many tiktokers were on youtube there'd be a lot of youtubers in the sense because youtube has like 10 minute videos 15 minute videos you can't right. watch that many in a day tiktok you can in 10 minutes you can watch like 100 videos like it's yeah. insane at the amount of content that you consume I think, will the communities be as strong? Maybe not on TikTok. Mm -hmm. I still think like, even though YouTube, the views are a lot lower and you're not growing as much on YouTube anymore, like people that are on there right now, I think the community is still really strong on there because people know you a bit more Mm -hmm. and like people are intentionally watching you. So I do think like that's a little bit different or like same with podcasting, like people intentionally listen to your podcast. It's not Mm -hmm. like on TikTok where you're just being fed random videos. Exactly, You're not as like, you don't have that as strong of a community, I think, but I don't think influencing is on the decline. I think people are now becoming just like content creators where they're creating content for brands. They're um, being like entertainers for people that are just like scrolling on TikTok. I think it influences spending habits. You don't even need to have a community anymore to like drive someone to purchase a product. I'll see a TikTok from someone I do not know and mm-hmm. they'll talk about a product and I'm like, oh my God, I need that now. Yeah. Good or bad, however you want to view it, I think it does. It it has changed the way consumers shop, which I think is super helpful for brands. So I don't actually think there's an oversaturation. And I, every, it's funny because like every few years, people always say that, like, I've been doing this since 2011. Every like three years, people are like, oh, too many people are on it. Like people have been telling me that YouTube is oversaturated when I was like a freshman in college, like that was 2014. And people were like, oh, it's too saturated. Mm-hmm. And then look, like, it's like, I don't even think Emma Chamberlain was posing at that time. So yeah. if she were to listen to people that had told, that probably told her that it was oversaturated, she wouldn't be who she is today. It's exactly. crazy. So I actually don't think that. I think that is literally said every single year mm-hmm. or every few years, people say that. And then it just gets proven continuously that it's not true. Yeah. It's a revolving door. People are going to come and go. Like people that were watching me three years ago aren't not all of them are watching me today but I got new people in the past three years exactly so it's just a revolving door there's room for everyone more and more people are consuming social media so you can't really compare it to like five years ago when there was less people consuming it Mm -hmm. it's I don't know I just I and there's more content that you can consume now because it's shorter form content so yeah I actually disagree with that I've seen that all over TikTok and stuff and like Mm -hmm. I don't agree so yeah (laughs) well honestly like and as you grow like you said you're gonna find a new audience like as we get older and we have kids and we get married and all stuff we're not gonna have the same people resonate with us that we will later on you know so I think there's a niche for everyone and there's an audience for everyone but like you said whenever I go on TikTok or I'm like debating if I should buy something or not, like I'll go on TikTok and I'll look up someone's Zara haul and I'll be like, oh, this looks really good on her. Okay. Yeah. I'll buy it. Like, that's how I look at if I should buy something. And if I shouldn't now is watching people's hauls on TikTok. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. That's like, yeah, that's insane at how much it's changed. But like, I, I mean, same though. Like I was, I forgot what I was looking. Oh, I think it was like the Dyson Airwrap. Like when that was like super popular. I was looking on TikTok. I was using it as like a search mm-hmm. engine yeah. for like all these different ways to use my like Dyson Airwrap, you know, or I forgot what else I was using it for. But yeah, I, I'm, I like use it as like a search engine. Like if I, yeah. if I wanted to see something, I'll see like if other people have talked about it on there. Yeah, that's me too. I kind of love it though. Like you get to see it almost like 
in real time and like in an authentic organic way instead of kind of on Insta where it's definitely a lot more filtered pictures and reposed all this stuff just watching someone do their haul and just like literally standing there in their outfit and I'm like okay it looks good on you so yeah I'll go buy it like exactly I love it way more but before we wrap up I just want to talk about your own podcast really quick the real real what made you want to start this podcast Yeah, I wanted to start it because I just loved listening to podcasts at the time. I think I was listening. I was a new podcast listener. I had listened to like one week of podcasts. Like it was like my first week (laughs) listening to podcasts. And I was like, I love this. Yeah. Um, So I was like, I want to do this. Like I want to talk to people that aren't necessarily like famous or like super, Mm -hmm. super successful or people that don't necessarily have platforms. And I want to talk to them and I want to hear their stories and I want to share them because like just because they don't have a platform doesn't mean that their stories aren't inspiring. So it started out with me like interviewing my friends and like my Mm -hmm. family. And, and people that I knew in real life that just had like normal jobs that I thought were really cool and like really inspiring. And so I, I would talk to them about it. And then I started getting more into like the entrepreneurial stuff where I would talk to other founders and business owners. And I want to hear about not the highlight reel. But I want to hear the real reel. So that's like where the name came from was like mm-hmm. social media shows us the highlight reel. Like, let's talk about the real reel. Like, let's talk about what were the struggles of doing this or like when, I don't know, like what was really hard? What would you tell your younger self? Like things like that. So I, that's kind of like where the name came from, where the idea came from. And then I've just been posting every week since then. Oh my God. Amazing. How long have you been doing your podcast for? I started in 2019. So it'll be, um, two or, oh my God, has it been three years? 2019. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. That's really weird. I thought it was two years for the longest time. So yeah, I've been doing it for three years. Oh my God. Amazing. I just, I think that podcasts are such a great way to get to know so many different people and hear so many people's different stories. And like you said, like it really inspires me a lot and it almost helps me to be more well-rounded to hear like everyone else's experiences and what other people go through. Same. I like, if there's someone that I recently discovered that I like want to learn more about them or like Mm -hmm. I really like love their whatever like I like want to just hear more about them then I'll like look it up on Spotify and see like if they've done podcasts so I can hear their episode (laughs) well I mean that was literally me with you I was like oh my god I love everything she's doing get her on the pod so I can learn every single thing about her oh thank you (laughs) (laughs) but thank you so much for coming on the podcast before we close it out. Do you want to give everyone kind of your socials, where they can find you, how they can download your app, all of that? Yeah. Yeah. So you can find me at Natalie Barbu anywhere on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, uh, just my name. And then Rella, you can download on the app store. It's right now only available on Apple's app store. We've had some issues with Google, so it's only available on Apple, but it's also on desktop. So it's just getrella.com you'll be able to log in and have it on desktop. So it doesn't matter what phone you have. Um, But yeah, you can start your account there. And uh, we have paid tiers. So we have like a workspaces where you can add other workspaces for $5 Mm -hmm. a month. And then you can like track your earnings for $5 a month, but I'll give you a coupon code. If you use the code, the collective, Mm -hmm. then you can get a month free for both of those. So amazing. (laughs) Amazing. Well, Thank you so much for coming on the pod. It's been so amazing having you. Yeah, I loved coming on here. Thank you so much for having me. This was a really great episode.
Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. As always, please send it to a friend, put it on your stories, rate it, review it, follow all the socials, send us both a DM and let us know what you guys think of this episode. And I will catch you guys in the next one. Bye. Hey there, my name is Renee Rena, and I am the mom friend you have always wanted. I am also the host of the Mom Room Podcast. We publish two episodes per week, a co-hosted episode on Tuesdays and a solo episode on Thursdays. Popular topics include pooping and having sex after giving birth. I have a solo episode where I talk about not sharing a bed with my husband and why that's okay. I hope you'll tune in to these conversations every week. Join us on Instagram at the Mom Room Podcast and start to feel a little less alone in this crazy thing called motherhood.